Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us each week. This segment is brought to you by. And now, this. <laughs> From our Art Deco virtual studios, overlooking the valley of Coolville, it's time to kick the flux capacitor and head back in time to your favorite retro pop culture trivia show. Wait, I know this. Get it, homies. Well, welcome, everybody. You know, it's been a while. We've had uh, some time between our uh, last two visits, haven't we? Uh, yeah, but we're back, and uh, better than ever, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Welcome, as usual, to uh, Wait, I Know This, the show where we like to say you get the backstage trivia right from the celebrities themselves, and each week we will visit with a star from classic TV, film, or music and try to get you that behind-the-scenes trivia delivered through the stories the celebs tell us, and you will not get this on any old website, that's for sure. So you can check IMDb if you want to, but these stories you probably won't get. Uh, in the past, in case you uh, haven't been with us in a while, make sure you check out the Julie Newmar interview. That was fabulous. We had a great time with her. You remember her from Catwoman on uh, Batman and, and lots of other things, too. Little Labner, Seven Brides for, for Seven Brothers. Um, also, uh, I, one of our favorites, too, was Jim Best, who played Roscoe P. Cole train on the Dukes of Hazard, also in a couple of Andy Griffith episodes, and all of you know that since I'm from Andy's hometown, that always is very special to me. So check out those past episodes. But tonight, we are happy that uh, we have a, a special guest that I have was doing some research on recently, and you know when you look at the celebrity's picture and you're like, I know them from, and you can list about 10 different things. Lots of actors nowadays, but also in the golden age of television, uh, made a career out of multiple roles. Just You, you know them from, from many different uh, things. And, and tonight's guest uh, did just that. And I want to, whether it's 77 Sunset Strip or Hawaiian Eye or Superman Meets the Moment, you name it, she has done it all. And we're proud and happy to have uh, Beverly Washburn with us tonight. Hi, Beverly. How are you? Hi, Eric. How nice of you to have me on your show. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I was looking through your list of things that you've done, and it is nonstop. I mean, you, you, and you were a child actor, too, so you started at a young age. I did. I, well, I actually started modeling children's clothes when I was four, and then I was six when I was in my first movie, and that was um, The Killer That Stalked New York with um, Evelyn Keyes and William Bishop. And um, and then from there I went on and did, you know, Shane with Alan Ladd at Paramount and Hans Christian Andersen with Danny Kaye and um, The Greatest Show on Earth with Jimmy Stewart. So I started a wow. hundred years ago, it seems like. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, di I didn't realize and I didn't read that you were in, um, uh, first of all, Danny Kaye was one of my all-time favorites. I loved him. Yeah. And uh, I thought he was he was phenomenal. And when you look at your list, and I'm going to read some of this, and I'm sure I'm missing a lot of it, but I'll read this to, to folks at home so they kind of get the idea. Um, and let me skip down to that because the list is like, honestly, I have three pages here. Um, <laughs> we, we have um, Old Yeller. Um, one of my all-time favorites, uh, Superman and the Mole Men. We have, and you just mentioned, The Greatest Show on Earth, uh, Cecil B. DeMille. That's pretty good company. The Jack Benny uh, Show, 
Um, Father Knows Best. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, gosh, all the theaters back in the day. General Electric Theater, um, The Texan, um, th- the new Loretta Young Show, Hawaiian Eye, Wagon Train, 77 Sunset Strip, Mr. Novak, The Patty Duke Show, Gidget, Star Trek. I mean, this just goes on forever. And so when I, when I looked at the list, I thought, what do you ask somebody who has done so much stuff? And, and the thing that comes to mind for me is, what celebrities of the you know the big names that you've worked with stands out in your mind and why? I'm sure there are, you have more stories than we have time for. Well, you know, Eric, I feel so blessed because I, I work with so many wonderful people. And, of course, I guess I'd have to say my two favorites right up there would be Jack Benny and Loretta Young. Um, because I stayed in touch with them, you know, my whole life and um, up until the time that they both passed away. And, you know, I, I just, as you know, I just wrote a, a book that's recently out, and it's called Real Tears. And it's all about my whole life story, and I talk about all the different people that I worked with. And, and you know, in the book I mention that, you know, when you're... When you're young, when you're like eight years old and you're directed by, you know, Cecil B. DeMille or George Stevens or Frank Capra, you don't have the same, um, it, it doesn't really mean anything to you when you're eight, you know, because you don't quite get who they are. But as I got older and became an adult and I look back and I, I feel just so blessed that I had that opportunity to work with, you know, some of the the greats in the business, you know, Kirk Douglas and Lou Costello and, um, you know, Alan Ladd and Danny Kay, as you mentioned, and Jimmy Stewart and so many people. And I just, I feel very, very fortunate, you know, to to have done that. And, and then some of my peers, you know, I, I remain friends with, uh, well, when I was doing Old Yeller, they were filming... Uh, the Mickey Mouse Club. So I became good friends with the Mouseketeers and have remained friends with them to this day. And then I, I did an episode of um, Father Knows Best, and so Lauren Chapin, who played the little girl on that, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. she and I are still really good friends. And then Tony Dow, who everybody will remember as Wally on Leave it to Beaver, he actually wrote the foreword for my book, uh, as well as Paul Peterson, who played... Um, you know, Jeff on the Donna Reed show. And Paula so it's, was it's a former guest. To, oh, really? Yeah, he's great. And, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint any one particular person um, to say who, who was my favorite. But, you know, I have so many fond memories with so many of them, you know. Well, talk a little bit about Jack Benny because he was one of my all-time favorites. And I've heard... Um, was he? Yeah. I've heard that... Um, he, I talk, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I just said I've heard that he was um, that he was different, you know, behind the scenes. So many performers like Johnny Carson, the likes that are uh, almost shy behind the scenes. Well, what was he like? He was just an amazing man, and you know, it's so funny because he always played, of course, you know, the stingy tightwad, and he was probably the furthest thing from that than anybody I, I've ever known. He was such a generous man, and just so nice and I talk about him quite a bit in my book because he was really um, kind of like my idol the first time I worked with him I was I believe eight and it's actually on the internet you can see the show that I did it was an episode where it was back in the days of live TV back in the 50s and I was planted in the audience and as he's doing his monologue I come up you know out 
of the audience and ask for his autograph. And then there's this whole bit where it turns out my name is Margaret Truman. <laughs> and um, and it was a very funny bit. And, um, and so from there, he had me on a couple of his radio shows, and then I... Um, I worked with him on a couple of his TV specials, and then um, they, his uh, producer and writers put together an act um, that we did on um, the Hollywood Palace, and then from there they had us uh, go to Melody Land, which is a, a theater across the street from Disneyland, and from there we actually toured all over the country. We played Vegas and Tahoe, and it was just a comedy skit, and that was when I was in my 20s, and um, he was just so nice. And again, in my book, I, I tell some of the stories, like what you were saying is he was such a shy, you know, I mean, he was so unassuming and just so nice, and when my own father was um, dying, uh, he was in the hospital, and Jack Benny actually sent over his own personal physician at his expense. Oh my gosh! To take care of my. I know he was just so generous, and he um, he gave me a beautiful Saint Christopher that I have that I'll keep till the day I die, of course. And it says to Beverly with love, Jack Benny. And wow. um, he was at my 18th birthday party, and he was just such a, a wonderful man, and so different. You know, he was. Such an amazing comedian because a lot of comedians today have to be the ones that get the punchline, you know. And he was so generous, not just, you know, with his money, but generous in that, you know, he, it's okay if the other person got the punchline because, you know, he was generous and in, in giving in that way. And he wouldn't even really have to say anything, you know. He would just do that long take that only Jack Benny could do, you know. <laughs> he would put his hand up on his cheek and um people would just roar you know I, I always loved that, and I, for some reason, when I was a kid, I, I gravitated toward him. I always thought that he was yeah. one of the funniest people, and really, you know, one of the true early performers. I mean, he started out on radio and then made the jump, and a lot of people didn't make it to TV. Right. Yeah. yeah he was a wonderful man. He really was. And he and George Burns, of course, you know, had a wonderful, you know, friendship their whole life, you know, and... Um, in fact, when we played Vegas, um, it was um, their their manager, Irving Fine, was getting married. And Jack Benny and George Burns, you know, they shared the same manager. So um, Irving Fine decided to get married in the, the penthouse suite where Jack Benny and Mary were staying. And so they had a little, um, you know, wedding reception up there, and George Burns came to that, and and I got to meet him then as well. So it was uh, it was quite a quite a a nice memory for me. You know, I I have so many wonderful memories that I always treasure. I always say that George Burns was the first rapper because you remember when he used to talk through songs. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, people laugh at me when I say that. I'm like, no, no. If you don't know enough of George Burns, then you need to go back and YouTube it and watch because he would talk through the songs. They were hilarious. Yeah, I know. he he lived a, certainly a good long life. That's for sure. Now, what about working on the? Uh, tell me a little bit about the Star Trek set. I know that was uh, what only did you do just a couple episodes or maybe one? Act no, actually, you know, I only did one episode. But I must say that the Star Trek fans are just 
you know, they're unbelievable because I only did one episode. I played Lieutenant Arlene Galway, and it was an episode from the second season. It was called The Deadly Years, and it was where we all got old, and I actually die of old age. And, um, it, you know, it wasn't all that popular back then in the second season, and I had no idea. I, I don't think anybody really knew that all these years later it would go on to be such a phenomenon you know it's all over the world and i've done a few star trek conventions and i'm always just so uh, amazed and you know just grateful that fans will remember my episode and remember me and they even remember you know my character and and some of the dialogue that i had they're just amazing you know they're just so into star trek so that was a really fun Fun time for me, you, you know, know. And that and then, you're right. Um, that that show, I don't think people realized the the imp- I know I didn't didn't realize. I was always a fan of Star Trek, and and uh, and I mean, but but you know, I I'm just a regular fan, not these guys that can recite the lines. They amaze me. <laughs> yeah, and there are those fans too that can do that. Amazing. Well, we did a we did a show on um, Quantum Leap one time, and uh, you know, Star- oh, Exactly, exactly. And but those fans are just as rabid. In fact, we had the most uh, people in our live room when we were doing the show on the web of any other show. Really? They, they call themselves Leapers, uh, Quantum Leap fans, uh-huh. and they are all about it, I tell you. <laughs> well, t- tell me a little bit about, I know you were young when you worked with Danny Kaye, but uh, just for me, this is, this is a self-serving host question, but I, <laughs> I, I always thought he was fabulous. He was, and, but you know, again, I was only about eight at the time, and so, um, you know, I just worked on the show the one day. I was the little girl, if people, you know, um, have seen the movie, I was the little girl outside the jail that he sings Thumbelina to. Oh, yeah. I, I come up and, you know, and start talking to him, and then he sings Thumbelina, and so again, you know, being so young, I didn't quite get the gist of who Danny Kay was. To me, he was just a a really nice man and, you know, fun to work with. But, of course, you know, as you get older, you look back and think, wow, that was cool. I got to work with Danny (laughs) Kay, you know. But um, it's all different from a child's perspective, you know. Now, what about Loretta Young? Talk a little bit about that. Well, Loretta Young, um, I worked... Well, she did, first of um, first of all, it was called Letters to Loretta. It was a, a series that came on once a week, and it was, you know, an anthology series. She would come through the doors, you know, swinging through the doors with her beautiful outfit. And, and then each show, was it was an episodic thing where each show was different. And so I did probably about four or five of those. And then years later... She did a show called The New Loretta Young Show, which is now out on DVD that they've changed the name to Christine's Children. And um, it was a very short-lived show. We were opposite Ben Casey, and back then, Ben Casey was huge, you know, and so I think we had like, you know, 11 viewers or something. (laughs) Nobody watched the show. (laughs) So we only did the one season, but um, she called me direct and said that she was doing this new series and she wanted me to play one of her children and she was just a very hands-on she was involved in everything you know she um as far as wardrobe and makeup and hair and um she was just you know she wanted to be a part of everything and um 
she was just the nicest, sweetest lady, and she had uh, it was called a cuss box on the on the uh, stage. And if any of the crew or cast, you know, would use a swear word, they'd have to put a quarter in this cuss <laughs> box, and then it would go to her favorite charity. They must have made a lot of money. Ago this was because it was a quarter then, not a dollar, <laughs> and. Um, but she was just such a sweet lady, and um, I talk quite a bit about her as well in my book because she was, you know, such a, a major influence in my life. And um, my husband passed away in 2005, and she had moved to Palm Springs, and I live, as you know, in Las Vegas. So she and I would be in touch, and one day, you know, I was telling her that my husband had been diagnosed with cancer. Right. And a couple of days later, she sent me this beautiful crystal um, dove and uh, with a, a, a really sweet note. And then a few days later, she sent me a little prayer book on angels because she knew I loved angels. Aww. And she would do sweet things like that that, you know, it just means so much. I, I can't even even tell you how much things like that, you know, meant to me because, um, and the only thing that I, I do have a regret, and which I talk about also in the book, which shows, you know, and you learn from it, you learn that you should never put things off because she had invited my husband and me to stay with her um, in her guest house in Palm Springs. And it was one, of, this was before my husband was ill. And it was one of those things, you know how you put things off and, oh, yeah. you know, and you, oh, yeah, well, we'll do it next week or, well, we're busy then, but maybe in a couple weeks or, you know, you put things off. And then um, as time went on, she became ill. And um, so when I got the call that she had passed away, I just, I feel so terrible that my husband and I didn't take the time to right. go there. You know, I mean, what a what an amazing invitation and how blessed we were to get an invitation from Loretta Young to stay with her at her guest house, you know. And so I'm, I'm just so sorry that we didn't do that. And it wasn't for any any reason. It was just one of those things like, you know, you put off. And so... I learned in my old age now that you shouldn't <laughs> ever put things off, you know. I know. If it's worth doing, you, you need to just do it because we're not really promised tomorrow. We're only promised today, and, you know, you have to just get through. Uh, now I'm getting all philosophical and melancholy here, <laughs> aren't I? <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. I had the exact same thing happen recently. One of the, uh, where I live, one of the local, um, television weatherman that I grew up watching, who I had the pleasure of working with in the early 90s, uh, he just passed away this weekend, and I for, for oh, weeks I was saying it's exact same thing. I know exactly what you're thinking. Uh, yeah. Well, let me ask you a question about, um, I, I was looking through some of the info on you, and with someone who's done so many roles, and whether they're, you know, it's one or two episodes here and there, or maybe a longer run on some shows, but you've done so many uh, you know, so many roles, I'm wondering, and a lot of people did, did this back in the day, they would, you know, almost make a career out of having, you know, smaller roles, and, and it's completely feasible to do, and I'm wondering, how does that, how does that affect you as an actress? Did it bother you that, you know, most people are known for their one big, you know, huge role, and instead of that, you've got so many, I'm wondering how that, how that works, I mean, how does that, were you like, well, I'm okay with that role? Yeah, you know, I guess... I 
I started so young. You know, I was six when I did my first movie, and I just, I was fortunate in that I just kind of segued into various roles. And, of course, it's always fun to do a series. I, I've actually only done two series. One was the newly ready Young Show, and another one was um, back in the days of live TV, back in the 50s, I did a um, situation comedy called... Um, professional father, which was with Barbara Billingsley, who, of course, later became June Cleaver. And, um, we, you know, we were only on six months, I believe. And that was done live back back then when, um, you know, as you did it, it was being aired, where nowadays even the tape shows, you know, they like on the soaps and all that, they they try to keep going without stopping, but they have the capability and flexibility right. that if somebody does, screw up somehow, they can go back and do it. But back in the days of live TV, you didn't have that opportunity. You know, it would just go on, you know, right as you did it. And which is another thing I talk about in my book. I did um, a show called Playhouse 90. Oh, yeah. And um, it was a, a show, you know, each week it was a different episode. And, and this was a show about unwed mothers. And I played the youngest unwed mother in this home for unwed mothers and a New York actress who during the course of the show um, supposedly, you know, gives birth to her baby, which was, you know, a doll. And so um, (laughs) she wanted to wear high heels. And the director kept saying, no, you know, it's not important because, you know, you have to come downstairs and if you fell or tripped, it wouldn't be. And she goes, no, no, I need it, you know, to get in character. And he said, but we're not going to see your feet, you know. And they went back and forth and she was insistent on wearing these high heels. And so he kept saying, no, you can't wear these heels. And so she said, okay, she agreed not to wear the heels. So we did the dress rehearsal and she, you know, just came out with her flat shoes. Well, then when we did the actual show, she wore her heels, which, you know, by then he's in the control booth and she comes out so he couldn't stop, you know. Well, don't you know, she tripped. Oh, no. And she was holding, I know, it's terrible. She was holding this doll, which was supposed (laughs) to be a baby. And, of course, you know, Playhouse 90 was quite a, you know, it was a very well-respected show. And, you know, it went all over the country. It was done at CBS and... Um, it was a well-respected show, and all of a sudden, this doll goes <laughs> flying. <in> the- <laughs> and it's funny now. It wasn't so funny then, but, I mean, the cameraman did a, a wonderful job. I mean, he was able to, you know, move the camera quickly, but still, it was it was terrible, you know, and, and they, <laughs> there was nothing they could do about it. And, you know, the poor girl, I, I don't think she ever worked again after that, and she was so... You know, so nervous she could hardly get through the rest of the show. And needless to say, the director was livid afterward. But um, oh, that would, that's almost a career know. ruiner, you know, back, especially back. Yeah, then. I know. So um, I don't know how I got into that. See <laughs> what happens when you get old; your mind starts wandering. I don't know how I got into that. You well, asked me something, and I oh well. Listen, if you that. if you end up uh, well, uh, you know, that, if, if you knew me at all, Beverly, you would know that my mind jumps from one thing to the next. Some people, some people. <laughs> oh, e- good, then I'm not alone. Okay. <laughs> some people email email me and go, "How did you get from this topic to that one?" And I'm like, "I really don't know." But anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. I think because you were saying, did I have? Uh, was it hard to go from show to show or do, because I, I only did the two series. Right, but right. I think, you know, I've done autograph shows from time to time, and for whatever reason, it seems that people 
more than likely they tend to, if they're going to remember me at all, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but <laughs> if they do, they tend to remember me either from Old Yeller or Superman and the Mole Man or the Lone Ranger or um, Spider Baby, which is the, a horror film that I did with <laughs> Lon Chaney Jr. And, those, and, and Star Trek, of course, but those seem to be the ones that people most uh, associate you know, with yeah. me. And let me talk yeah. about this old yeller thing because, now, Beverly, it, that was the saddest movie I had ever I seen know. in my entire life. I cannot I watch know. it again, not since I was a kid. <laughs> I can't do it. And that's what I remember you from. And darn it, what have you done to me? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That is one of the saddest movies ever. And I'm such a huge animal lover. In fact, I, I give a, a portion of my proceeds from the books that I sell to the animal shelter here where I live in Vegas. Um, <clears throat> and um, so working on Old Yeller, of course, is a dream come true for me. And they actually got him out of an animal shelter. Really? His real name, yeah, his real name was Spike. And what was so cool about him is that, you know, when they filmed Lassie and Rin Tin Tin, they had several collies and several German shepherds that all looked alike, and then they would use, you know, whichever one for whatever scene that, you know, because one dog would be better at maybe jumping and the other would be better at speaking, you know, on right. cue and that, you know, to bark on cue and whatever. And so they would have various dogs, but with Old Yeller, they only had one because he was a rescue. So he did everything. Oh, and, wow. Uh, I, my wife yeah, was, has he, not, she's a big animal lover just like I am. And, and, she, good. and she hadn't seen... Old Yeller, and I mentioned this the other day to her, and I'm like, what, you haven't seen Old Yeller? And she goes, no. And then I thought, and I said, no, no, I do not want you watching that movie. And she said, why? I said, I because when, when they're out there, you know, the, the, even the song, the here, Yeller, come back, Yeller, I'm like, I no, know, I can't take it. I know. <laughs> it is a tearjerker. I had a guy come up to me once at, a, at an autograph show, and he goes, you know what? He goes, Something tells me that way down deep, Walt Disney didn't like animals because they all die. Look at, you know, Bambi's, Bambi's mother, mother and Old right. Yeller. And, you know, <laughs> it was funny. He was just teasing. But, um, but yeah, it was definitely a tearjerker. That is. That is. Well, if yeah. um, one thing, too, that, uh, that I've noticed when I interview a lot of celebrities, especially from the classic TV days, um, you know, you mentioned Paul Peterson earlier. Uh -huh. Um, it seems like, and I know that, and I say this almost every episode, I hope people that listen a lot aren't sick of hearing this, but I really believe that it, there's something to this, that I think celebrities were were closer friends back then because there weren't as many of you. You know, nowadays everybody has a show, and back then you had the three networks and that's it. And so it was almost like a close-knit group, and, and all of them, no matter who I'm interviewing, um, hung out with other people from the exact same time frame. So I'm wondering, who were your yeah. closest friends that were maybe in the same age group as you that that you hung out with back then? Um, well, I've always been close with Sharon Baird, who was one of the original Mouseketeers, and she also wrote a little something for my book. And, you know, I've always remained friends with Paul Peterson and Tony Dow and Lauren Chapin, um, Tommy Kirk, but... Um, but I've also had, you know, other friends from grammar school that I'm still friends with that weren't in the business as well, you know. Um, and then the people that I, I guess the two people that I stayed most in touch with as, an, you know, an adult would be Jack Benny and, and Loretta Young. Now, I... But, and, 
I'm going to have to um, abuse my privileges right now, Beverly, because we've been wanting to get someone from Leave it to Beaver for a long time, so you'll have to put in a good word for Tony Dow for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely will. He is the sweetest guy, and his wife is just a doll. And um, You know, he's very, very talented, and he, he's kind of shy. In fact, if people didn't know, like if they hadn't ever seen Leave it to Beaver and they were to meet him, they would never ever think that he was an actor because he's just wow. so, you know, just so kind of shy and sweet and um, not at all affected or, you know, and and he's so talented. He had one of his, um, he, you know, he's a sculptor. And oh, wow. And he had one of his, yeah, it was at the Louvre last year. I mean, he's brilliant. He's just, and he's directed, he's, you know, done a lot of things other than being Wally, you know. And, and he wrote just the sweetest thing for my book. It just touched me so much. And, uh, he was such a heartthrob, too, back then. Girls loved him. Oh, my gosh, I know. He, I, I talk about that, too, because he, I think every teenage girl at the time, <laughs> you know, was hoping that they would marry him, including me. <laughs> <laughs> but, he was great. Uh, now, yeah, and, you know, we've been, um, we've been... Uh, Trying, we're get, we're getting close to getting uh, Eleanor Donahue, and you mentioned Lauren Chapin, and, and oh great. Um, so yeah, so I may have to hit you up for her too as well. But it seems like everybody back in those in those days, and you know, even no matter what era you're talking about, celebrities hang out with other celebrities, and and it just seems like it's just a close knit group. Yeah, yeah. There's um, it's uh, it's sad though. So many, you know, people, you know. In fact, I was watching. I guess it was the Golden Globes last or whatever it was, and they did the memoriam, and it's just so many people we've lost. You I know. know. And, and um, yeah, even Cheryl Holdridge, who was one of the original Mouseketeers, who's actually younger than I am, you know, and it's um, so you have to just enjoy every day because no, You're but. right, and I it it used to. Um, I went through a period where, and I guess it's it's kind of coming back now. Where my idol was Johnny Carson. He was my yeah. idol. I loved. Him. I never got a chance to meet him. I did go to the Tonight Show once, but it was after you know when Leno was on, and um and we won't get into the Tonight Show issue right now, <laughs> or we'd be here another okay. hour. Yeah, but the but I you know I hate to see you know when when all of a sudden and I'm 44 and you hit this age and all of a sudden you're noticing that the celebrities you grew up with just aren't around I know it's very sad isn't it and it seems like these days talent is really not an issue you can have a TV show yeah that's for sure. That's for sure. Is there anything when you look back over your career and uh, we're about ready to close out but I want to ask you if is there anything you look back and maybe you got close to something that you thought would have been really big? Um, I, I love the stories when someone says, oh, I had the chance to play such and such and I turned it down or I got uh, close. Well, I've never more. turned down anything. i got to <laughs> say that. I've never, <laughs> I've never turned down anything. Um, but so I can't, I can't give anything like that. But, um, but I, you know, like working in Spider Baby, that was such a low-budget film and you know it was one of those things where you know my agent was going are you sure you want to do this I mean the budget was like twelve dollars or something <laughs> and <laughs> but I wanted to work with Lon Chaney Jr. and as it turns out Spider Baby is now a huge cult movie it's like all over the internet and it's actually all over the world now and it has its own website and everything and it has a huge following and it was Lon, Lon Chaney Jr., Mantan Moreland, and 
Quinn Redeker and um, Sid Haig, who, you know, if there are any horror fans out there, they'll all know who Sid Haig is. Yep. He's huge. And, yeah. And it was just such a fun film, and it, it came and went. Nothing ever happened with it. And now, you know, like 30-some-odd years later, it's huge all of a sudden. So that's something I look back, and I'm so glad that I did. Um I mean, I, I really, truly, and I know it sounds, you know, silly, but I, I really have enjoyed, you know, everything that I've ever done. I just feel so fortunate. And, you know, it's like even getting the part in Old Yeller, I don't know why they didn't use one of the Mouseketeers, because they certainly could have. And so I feel so fortunate that, you know, they gave me the role, because any one of the Mouseketeers certainly could have done it. So I was really grateful for that, and... Um, through that, I became good friends with some of the mouse. You know. Well, I I think that when you look back over your career, and, and I love to hear the fact that you're so thankful and 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 gracious about all of it, and you're very you know looking back, you have very few regrets, and it's nice to hear a celebrity say that because sometimes in this show when we interview folks, you know, they're it's hard I think to step out of the limelight when you've been in it for so long, but you have a, a wonderful attitude about it all. Well, thank you, thank you so much. But, well, it's always fun doing shows like this, and I'm always honored and grateful when people do remember, you know, some old show that I've done a hundred <laughs> years ago. <laughs> well, tell us where we can um, online where we can go to get your book. Oh, well, thank you, Eric. Yeah, it's called Real Tears, and it's spelled R E E L, like the film reel. It's like a little play on words since for i don't know why but it seems like just about every show i ever did i don't know why i always had to cry and people (laughs) associate me with tears so we we wanted to include that in the title and um so anyway it's called real tears and it can be found at amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com you just um you know click on the books and then type in real tears and uh, it'll show how to buy it, and as I said, I um, um, I give a, a portion of what I make to my animal charity here in Las Vegas, which is a no-kill shelter, and then um, and I dedicated it to my husband who passed away oh. a few years ago, and he was always so um, supportive and had always encouraged me to write a book, and then um, you know when Tony Dow said he would write something, and Paul Peterson and. Lauren Chapin and Cynthia Pepper and Sharon Baird, they all did a little thing in the beginning, and, and it's full of pictures, you know, with Jack Benny and Loretta Young and Kirk Douglas and, um, you know, a lot of shows that I did when I was younger, you know, stuff from Old Yeller and Superman and Little Lone Ranger. That's and, great, great memories. Uh, and all that. So, um, yeah, so um, if anybody wants to buy it, um, I would be very, very grateful. And it's, hopefully, it's um, it's my autobiography. You know, I always tell people if they don't like it, it makes a great doorstop. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, right now, if you go to Amazon.com, there are 11 reader reviews on it, which kind of tells, you know, um, Absolutely. What they think. I'm, right now, they're all five stars, so I feel very blessed. <laughs> and, uh, so thank you for allowing sure. me to plug my book, and, and I hope that, you know, um, somebody out there will buy it. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure they will. And I appreciate you taking time out for uh, of your schedule to do this for us. We, we love to relive the memories. 
Uh, well, it's been my pleasure, Eric. Thank you for having me on your show, and um, I thank you so much, really, because, um, you know, whenever, you know, I've been at autograph shows and people will come up and say, thank you for being here, and I always think, you know, should be the other way around. You know, it's, you know, the actors that should be thanking all the people out there because if it weren't for fans and people that want to hear about your career and, and that, you know, we wouldn't be here. So so anyway, I thank you very much. Absolutely. And stay on the line, too, uh, after the show, Beverly. We want to ask you a couple of questions here, but we want to say thank you. And don't forget, folks, uh, the name of the book is Real Tears. And as she mentioned, you can get that on uh, at uh, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Beverly Washburn, a pleasure to have her with us, as usual. Now, listen, stick around because and check our website, WaitIKnowThis.com, because we've got some good episodes coming up, including, as we mentioned, Eleanor Donahue coming up. So thanks for watching Wait I Know This, the fastest-growing trivia show on the web. We'll see you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.